then here's the last thing. The last primary resource is capital. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. This is Jesus in Matthew 24, 14. Who called his own servants and delivered his goods unto them. Obviously, these goods were not things that he needed to live on. He had some extra money. He had made some spare money that he could use to invest. That is capital. Now, this is what I love about capital. You can inherit a lot of capital, and people who inherit a lot of times don't have a full appreciation for what it is that they got. Sometimes the parents train them well, and they, they do have an appreciation for it. But the best capital is the money that you worked hard for, that you saved. You're a little bit more careful with it than you would be otherwise. So that's capital. It's this extra money. It's not money you got to have to pay your bills. It's not your electric uh, payment. It, it, that's not capital. Capital is what you have left over that you can invest. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made five other talents. Now, here's what I want you to see. The master expected these guys to increase. He expected them to do something with that money. Two of the three guys did. The guy who got five talents turned it into ten. The guy who got two talents turned it into four. The guy who had one talent didn't do anything with his. He went and buried it in the earth and didn't develop it at all. He is called a wicked and a slothful servant. God expected him to increase. God expects you to increase. God expects you to learn to think. He will give you the tools that you need to increase. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what little education you may have or great education you may have. It does not matter. I love how I have seen God work in this area. Because God will take things that you know, that you're familiar with, skills that you have, and he'll open new ideas and new streams of income to you. Now listen to me. Four primary resources. One, labor. Two, wisdom. Three, product. Four, capital. The fourth one, you're least likely to have. It may be later in life before you have capital to invest. But everybody can start with labor. And when you're doing your labor, wisdom will come. Somewhere along the way, don't be surprised if you don't get an idea for some kind of a system or a product that can be used to develop and bless people. Now, money doesn't just show up at your house. Electricity doesn't just show up at your house. Just because there's a big transmission line running a mile from your house doesn't mean that it's going to jump from those transmission lines, transmission lines over to your place. There's going to be a conduit established to get to you. Money comes in conduits and channels. It comes through relationships. You don't look for relationships to begin with the money source coming to you. You got it all backwards. When we laid the transatlantic cable across the Atlantic Ocean so we could send telegraphs across to Europe in quick time, we started with ships that had huge rolls of cable on them. And we started from the American shore and we went east across to England, ultimately to Europe. The, the cable connection starts at home. The reason that people get screwed up in money is because they are looking toward the source and they're thinking, how am I going to get that to me? 
and you're thinking backwards. You have to learn to get up in the morning and think, what do I have that can bless people? And your whole philosophy changes. I am going to become a company. I am going to have a product. Your product might be just what you do on your job, but you are going to create the best product you can create. And as you do this, you're building bridges and building relationships and you're establishing cables to the sources of money. And here's what happens. Once they're established, the money comes back. I believe that this is what Jesus had in mind when he said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. If you're a business person, you give an offering, you don't suddenly see all kinds of people just coming, dumping money in your lap. Here, I know you gave at church last week. Here, I want to give you some money. Very few of us ever have that happen. I think it's about a way of life. You are giving in all that you do. I'm going to give the best I've got. What does this mean? It means I may be underpaid for a while. It may mean that I'm not being rewarded handsomely for everything that I do, but I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it because I believe in what I've got to offer. And ultimately, I know the money will always catch up to what I'm putting out there. It will find its way to me because I believe God. The Bible says Abraham was rich in cattle and silver and gold. And I'm going to shut up after this. What does that mean? Abraham had three channels. Abraham was rich. Think about that for a minute. Abraham didn't live in town. He lived in the boonies. But yet he was rich in cattle and silver and gold. Silver and gold, two of those things are money that flows through some kind of an economy. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's not a whole lot of silver and gold, not too many banks out there on the plains. So how in the world does money flow from the boonies into Abraham? You have to read your Bible. And I've always found that if you have a question about something, the answer is always there. It may not be in the most obvious spot, but you keep reading I read that Abraham had a son named Isaac, and when Abraham died, Isaac had to go back and redig the wells that his father had put all over the land. Now, here's what that means. Abraham understood the significance of water. And you can see that when God came to visit him in Genesis 18 with two angels, Abraham, the first thing that he offered God was water. Then he offered God food, and he offered God shade and comfort. He did not realize he was dealing with God in the very beginning. He thought it was another traveler. Abraham just happened to live on the busiest caravan route in the world. There would not have been a day that he couldn't look up and see a group of camels moving from the north down toward Egypt and back again. And they were loaded with things to trade and they were loaded with silver and gold. And when they needed water, here he has it. When they needed food, here he had it. He didn't give it away, he sold it. And so Abraham was able to take advantage of the things he was familiar with. And here he is in the middle of nowhere making money because God didn't just bless him because he liked him and all this money starts raining on him, but he had systems that brought the money in. 
One more thing, and I'm going to shut up. People who have no idea who, how money flows have very little of it. The people that I've met in life who have a lot of money are people who know exactly where their money's coming from. They've got a system that keeps bringing it in. I want to pray for you. I want God to give you wisdom and a system, but let me tell you something. If you're thinking about, well, I need a bigger boat, I need a bigger house, that's part of it. God will bless you with things. But your number one responsibility is to bless the kingdom of God, do things like we talked about earlier with the compassion offering. By the way, that's Johnny's bank account number on that check, so if you want to maybe tap in, take a look at that after. But the point I want to make is this. God wants to give you wisdom if you put your purposes to the right place. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for the men who are here under my voice. I pray that they would take to heart the things I've shared and said. Let your ideas flood their hearts and minds. Let them stew on what I've said for the next several days till they come to an actionable step. Then give them another step to take that they may fulfill your purpose in their lives. And Father, if there's anybody here today who does not have a relationship with the real Jesus, help me to find such a person. Heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here and you say, Pastor Willie, I do not have a relationship with the real Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I've heard my grandma talk about Jesus. I went to church a little bit, but to say that I really, really, really know him, I couldn't admit to that but I want to. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much. You sent Jesus to die on a cross for my sins so that I could be saved. I thank you for forgiving me now. And I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. With these words, I believe on him. I surrender my life. I thank you, sir for saving me. I'm saved. Now I'm going to follow you. I will do what you tell me to do. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen.